0: Hello and welcome to the CIS Listen segment of the Backroom and Work podcast. I'm Tolu, your host for this particular episode and I'm joined by my special guest today. Guest, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Janelle. Hi, Janelle. Now, regulars of the podcast who've been listening since season one may be well acquainted with Janelle. She's contributed to um, some of our town hall segments. I think we actually had you on an episode once um, as well, one of the very first episodes. Um, So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Um, But just a little bit of housekeeping. Regulars know the drill by now, but in case you're a new listener, Follow us on at BWW Podcast UK on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on LinkedIn now. Um, We are called Black Women Working on LinkedIn. You can join the conversation using hashtag BWW Podcast UK. And you can check out our website, www.blackwomenworking.com. So, by way of a small introduction into the Sis Listen segment, this is a segment where we connect with your everyday working black woman and just get a little bit of a gist, a little bit of information on kind of the professional journey, what it's been like, some triumphs, some challenges, and it's just a general chit chat. So today, as I said, we have Janelle as a guest. So, Janelle, this is at the this is the point where you introduce yourself a little more with our audience so they can get acquainted with you. So let us know um, your profession and what it is that you do.
1: So hi, everybody. I'm Janelle. I am a compliance professional. I'm an assistant manager working in risk and compliance at an accounting firm. Um, I think when I first appeared on the podcast i was maybe 2 years into my journey um i'm now approaching year 6 so things are still going really well um yeah that's me
0: amazing and can you describe for the people listening what kind of compliance entails or your role specifically in compliance entails
1: um so compliance um where the people that We're the department that people tend to avoid because we're the ones that like to, I guess, monitor everything. We're responsible of kind of creating the policies and procedures that companies are due to follow um, to ensure that if you if we have any regulators, um, for example, that what we're doing is complying with the rules set out by the regulators, but also that we're following the law within our role. Mm. So, yeah, that compliance as a
0: whole. And with something like that, in terms of like the knowledge you need to bring to the role, is there anything that you need to kind of um, bring to it? Or do they all do they just provide the training for that? And it's really up to you to grasp as much of it as possible.
1: I say it depends on the company that you work for. I feel like the companies I've worked at doing this, working in this particular field, have been very different um, throughout Mm. my career. I would say I enjoy compliance because it's to me it's very logical mm-hmm. um because it's it's very black or white there are elements of gray where like something may come up where you'll take into consideration kind of other things that may have happened mm-hmm. but as a whole I find it very straightforward it's either yes or no like I feel like people try and toe the line and I feel like for a lot of people um not a lot of people. I'd say the higher up people are within the organisation, their ego comes into play. Where it's kind of, uh, you can't really tell me what to do because mm. I'm a partner. Whereas with compliance, it's it's not that I'm telling you what to do. It's this is a legal requirement. You mm. have to do it. Not just because it's me that's telling you. It's a legal requirement. If you don't follow it, we get found out. You will go to jail. That. <laughs> so it is like. It is what it is. You could go to jail. I will not be joining you personally, but, you know, that's just <laughs> yeah. Me. So,
2: yeah, I
0: find it very straightforward. Mm. So is this kind of profession something that you fell into or got a little bit of exposure to and you were like, oh, yeah, this is it for me? Or what was, like, the, um, I guess, the journey in concise fashion from, like, I guess what you studied to this? Is this related in any way to what you studied? You're laughing, uh, so I know it's not. I'm laughing. <laughs>
1: I love it because my journey is, it's, How it's that yeah, just I mean over the place. So I studied business studies at university. I didn't get the grades I wanted at A-level. Mm. Um So I did a HND in, so I did my two years HND and they were like, you can do a third year direct entry and get your degree. Mm. So I was just like, okay, cool. Save myself some money. I'll do that. Um I studied business studies when I graduated it was after the financial crisis so you know there were no jobs um and Mm. I got my first quote-unquote proper job working in pensions um I did a lot of like manual calculations um for like I say historic pension schemes I did not like maths in school so that was an interesting experience Mm. and then I think in like 2016 I decided I wanted to change careers and um At the time, I think I decided that I wanted to do my master's. I do not have a master's now. So we're just going to skip over that bit. Um, So, um, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do my master's Mm. in uh, information systems and Mm. management. And then I was just like, it makes no sense for me to work in pensions. Let me try and get like a tech role. Mm -hmm. So I got like this job at this little tech company and I was supposed to be... I can't remember what my job title was, but it was like entry level something, something.
2: Mm.
1: And at the end of my first week, the guy that was supposed to be my manager was just like, okay, so today is my last day.
2: Then um, enjoyed-
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I've enjoyed working with you. By the way, can you print out all these documents for a meeting that you're um, going to be that you're holding on Monday? And I was like, what meeting, please? He was like, yeah, this meeting on Monday, just print everything. They'll explain it to you when they get here. And I was like, okay. In this meeting, they were like, so we want to get this, um, we want to get the company certified in ISO 27001. You've got legislation experience because you worked in pensions. So here, here, head this project. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of this stuff. (laughs) Like, What do you mean? And that's how I ended up working in compliance. I was in charge of um, getting the company certified, holding our internal audits, getting our external audits done, getting mm. everybody audited in the company and getting our certification. And yeah, it was a tough year. It was a very mm. steep uphill climb. I was reading things I'd never even seen before. Like yeah. In my- Imagine, like, presenting to higher-ups in your company and you've just spent, I guess, three days Googling everything that you're presenting because you yeah. don't know what you're talking about. That that was me for a year, but I did it. We got certified. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we, we won't talk about why I left, but, yeah, that's <laughs> how I got into compliance.
0: Do you feel like within that experience there was... Um acknowledgement of the fact that and this is something that had been thrust upon you and so people manage their expectations or did you feel like people just like what it needs to get done and you're the person that's there and you need to do it
1: I think it depended on who you spoke to within the company I'd say my my manager he was very very supportive Mm -hmm. um to this day I'd say he's the best manager manager I've ever had he was so so supportive and like I could speak to him open and honestly and kind of when I've kind of had enough and it's been like a really crap day and people are saying this is your budget this is the bottom line this is what I want it by and it's mm. kind of like okay great thank you for this budget but I've literally spend the afternoon googling and what you want does not fall within this budget you need to mm-hmm. like cough up another another three four grand um and then it kind of being this thing where like I'd say some men have this thing I say men because male managers they have this thing where it's kind of a I'm going to threaten your job all because I can because <laughs> like, delivering something that's impossible so like our CFO would kind of be like, Well, if you don't get it done, you'll get fired. And I was like, You can fire me. Do you know how much Hello? you're paying me? Imagination. <laughs> I will gladly go. But then if I go, who's going to do the work? you right. will be like, All right, you have a point. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> so are you want to threaten my job? Well, I'll threaten your company. Let's, Hello. let's see who wins. Boss well, boss, that's what we call um, it. <laughs> yeah. But well, my manager was really, really supportive, and it was very much like, okay. How can I help you get this done if mm. you are stuck? Um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it was kind of getting him to like um bully management to mm-hmm. be like, this is the deadline she has given you. You can't then ask her to get it done in in like three months when no. in reality it's gonna take six. Exactly. Like, that's unrealistic. Kind of thing. So having that support was really, really helpful, and it made a difference. But also, mm. it kind of let me know that, um, I guess it gave me kind of a confidence to yes. be like, I know, "This say that. is what I, think. this is what I say, and you can't yeah. challenge me on it because this, de- looking at the figures, these are mm-hmm. the figures of black and white. You cannot challenge me on it because that's what it is. I can't change that." Um. So, yeah, it was good to have somebody like that, like back in your corner and be like, yeah, that's the
0: case kind of thing. And now when you look back on it in hindsight, is your position of, um, okay, that was a bit of an awful experience at times, but I'm glad I went through it because it's really been strategic in taking me to where I am now. Or is it a case of actually that was awful and it didn't really need to be that awful. And, yeah, I learned a little from it, but I didn't need to go through that to get to where I am now.
1: I'd say, in looking at it, I feel like all my experiences have been worse (laughs) from that one. (laughs)
2: Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) every chapter has (laughs) been. What? I've gone from the frying pan into the fire. Okay, let's talk about
0: this tough times. How, (laughs) how. (laughs) The
1: flames of hell.
0: (laughs) Like, it Mm -hmm. has been horrendous oh my god Um, why are you still in compliance if it's been horrendous what are you holding on to do you know what I I I enjoy compliance
1: Mm. and I think for me having those horrendous experiences working at like certain companies it's kind of magnified in me that like these are my morals these are my ethics this is where I stand Mm -hmm. and you are decorating this to make it seem like you have the same ethics and morals as me but you talking about it and you doing it are two different things Mm -hmm. and I think having that experience to begin with and having that really supportive manager was kind of like if I can go through this yeah with somebody like that that lets me know that he can't be the only one there must Mm -hmm. be somebody else that is that supportive out there and I feel like um the company that I work at now is that Mm -hmm. like normally I feel like first day on the job I I know I'm like this isn't gonna work for me or I just know like by the end of my first day I'll be like "Mm -mm, this ain't the one but I'm gonna try and stick it out yeah um and I have to say this company is the first one where I didn't have that feeling like even when I went for my face-to-face interview I'd asked I spoke to one of the receptionists it was like a black guy and I was just like how would you find it here because I googled and I saw a lot of white faces but what's it really like and he was Mm. just like they're really nice I was like would you mean they're nice and he was like (laughs) They're really nice even when they don't have to be. There isn't uh I'm mm. above you, you're just a receptionist, I don't have to respect you, like, I don't get that here. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then um I read a lot of glass door reviews, and out of all the glass door reviews, it was like a 98% like great rating that wow. I've never seen before, ever. Yeah. And that I was just like, somebody's lying, somebody has to be mm-hmm. lying kind the of thing but genuinely since joining I haven't had any issues I haven't you know I've had the the one comment where like this lady was like I really want to touch your hair and I was like and if you touch it I'll go to HR apart from that I haven't had I haven't had any issues
0: which is strange kind of thing I I love that. And I think that m- moves us nicely on to, you know, talking about some of the triumphs in your career or particular career stand up moments that have made you feel like I'm a boss. I'm a boss, like in your career so far <clears> in <throat> compliance. <laughs> uh,
1: do you know what? Yeah, like thinking about it, I can like, I feel like I've achieved so many things in like Mm. my short career that I know people that have worked in compliance for like 10-15 years haven't done Mm. like even doing the ISO 27001 certification when I did that um, the auditors that I worked with they were normally like oh normally we work with people that have been like directors for like 20-30 years and Mm. that's their first time doing this so for this to be your first project Within like your first couple of months working in compliance. I've never seen this before. So like this will look amazing on your CV. I'd say, I feel like that will always be a career highlight. Mm. Um, I decided to um, so during the pandemic, the last time we had our interview session, the company I was working for, I decided to quit at the mm-hmm. end of 2019. Um, because I was suffering from burnout. And mm-hmm. then during the pandemic, I didn't work for m- basically all of 2020 yeah um, and I got a job towards the end of that and the thing that kept coming back was kind of a your very short cv looks amazing you have amazing experience but we want you to prove that you can do the ju- the job that you do um so they were like get a certification and then like we you know we'll consider you kind of thing Mm-mm. um so that was kind of a I guess that was a bit heartbreaking because it was kind of like, yeah, um, universal credit is not going to pay for this. Mm. Guys. Um, like, how are we going to do this? I do
0: find um, that um, a bit cheeky, to be honest with it you. It
1: was very cheeky. It was yeah. very, very cheeky. Because like, imagine getting, going to an interview and having two years more experience than one of the people interviewing you and being told that you don't have enough experience to do the Seriously?
0: job. And it's like,
1: where That's are the wild. secret
0: cameras, guys? Where I, are the secret cameras? I hope you left that company in the dust.
1: <laughs> um, I have nothing positive to say about that company. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Well, let's leave that there. We'll leave that there.
0: But how did experiencing <laughs> that feedback, what did you do after that? Did you take that on board? Or how did, yeah, how did, you, what was your approach moving forward from that?
1: I'd say from that, I stopped looking for jobs. oh wow no help me out at Mm. that point i had sent off my cv to 300 and i'd applied for 364 jobs and out of that 364 i think i maybe got five interviews Mm. this company where i had that experience um that was my second, that was my third interview mm-hmm. um, for that company. And um when I finally got like, I sat in front of the director, he was kind of like, um, I think like he'd asked me a question, I was answering this question, and he goes, All right, I'm gonna stop you right there. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to hire you. Um your experience, like, I can see your experience is great, but mm. you need more experience. Like, maybe your qualification, maybe you need
0: to spend... They time couldn't working. have told you that at interview one, sis. <laughs> Literally. At,
1: inter- at interview two, where Even. the person that's in the interview, I have more experience than. You're going to tell me at interview <laughs> three that you're not going to hire me because you feel I don't have enough experience. And I said... May your house burn. May <laughs> it burn. Let it burn. Um, and I just just like, you know what? Shut my laptop. Funness.
2: Yeah.
1: And I decided I'm unemployed. Everybody's doing amazing things on the internet. I'm going <laughs> to print films. I'm going to watch all the studio Ghibli films. I'm going to go <laughs> on all the walks. Oh, I'm my going God. to journal. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to plant my plants. I'm going to care for myself, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what I And then when I did get a job, um, I decided, you know, I'm going to get that qualification. And um, it cost me five and a half grand. I paid for it out of my own pocket. Oh, my gosh. Every month, 500 pounds left my account. And I looked at it and I was just like, I have something, something better is going to come out of this. Mm. Just keep keep up. Something Mm. better is going to come out of it. And then I left that company that I started working at and then I got a job at a big four and I would not recommend it to anybody. A lot of people Um, say that. um, It was, I did it for the name, to have the name on my CV Mm because I've always wanted to work there. Yeah. Um, So I got the name, I got my diploma. I'm a, um, I've got international diploma in governance, risk, and compliance. Like mm. I'm certified, um, and then I've got this job, and it was kind of like
0: tough times don't
1: last. Tough people, they do. they don't. <laughs> they don't. I mean, I wasn't walking through the desert for forty days and forty nights, but mm. you might as well could have said it was that. But I'm now, I now feel like all, all the all the long hours, mm-hmm. the difficult people Mm -hmm. that are just really rubbish companies the people that claimed yeah this is the kind of culture that we have we believe like you know this is what we want and it's like okay on paper you say that this is how you align but in reality Mm. it isn't
0: it was all worth it to be here it was it was all worth it to be here. I know that I understand. When you repeat that, I understand it because it's like, there's a truth in that, but there's also still an element of, I'm still convincing myself that that was all worth it. And I think (laughs) it's so important for people to hear that because I don't know, sometimes people can think that the career journey or where you know they see people in particular roles positions it looks like they're doing really well and yes they are doing really well and but they don't often have the opportunity to hear about what that journey actually looked like which is kind of the main premise of this podcast actually to help people black women get a more realistic perspective of what success or achievement can look like and it it can really look like rolling in the mud sometimes like rolling in the mud getting your back trod on And you're lying face down and nobody's going to help you up. And you're literally little by little just like pushing yourself up by one finger, two fingers, three. It, It becomes a palm. Then it becomes your arms and your elbows. And like, but look where you are now. And it was it was worth it in the sense of now, evidently, you're in a place of equilibrium and stability in terms of your career. Um, what you're doing, you enjoy it, and you've actually managed to find an environment that speaks to you as a professional and as a person that is healthy and is basically enriching and nourishing you As you um, move forward. So I love that. I think that's so fantastic. Obviously, I I knew a little bit about because I think when we first spoke to you, I think you were in maybe in that first (laughs) row. And I was like, this girl, this child, this sound, it sounds weird. It sounds weird, hella (laughs) weird. But, you know, it's one of those things. And I properly relate to your story because there's so many similarities in terms of just being left. To like handle responsibilities That are way above your pay grade And you're even getting paid the money But it's way like above. Way above And the thing is it's like you have a choice in that moment do I duck out now because actually you know I wasn't born for this and I I don't have to do it yeah you don't have to do it but is there a possibility here that if you persist if you push on if you say you know what I'm going to embrace this challenge and do it is there a possibility that actually in the act of doing that even though you're neglected and unappreciated in that moment it could lead you to places where you will eventually be appropriately appreciated and appropriately remunerated For your efforts. And I think that's a place and a conundrum that pretty much every person, probably, especially Black women, will have in their career. And it's up to them kind of what choice they decide to take in that moment. And sometimes the right choice might be like, hell nah, I'm out, deuces. But the right choice sometimes might be, do you know what? Let me see how far I can go with it. And if I just have that one advocate, that one person, that can help me and uplift me when times are tough i think i can do it so yeah i i really love um the way you've kind of explained your journey there and i think it's really important to hear so moving forward what does the future look like for janelle so you said you've got your certification now which costs five and a half grand (laughs) what's next (laughs) girl (laughs) i don't know
1: um when I had my graduation ceremony, um, one of the guys, because initially I just wanted to do, I wanted to do a little certificate. I was like, I think it was like two hundred pounds or something, and mm. it has like a quiz that was just like, oh, answer this quiz and we'll kind of recommend what would be the best fit for you. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start at level two. Yes, like um in reality i started at level five and then at my graduation (laughs) ceremony the guy was like well you know you've got the years of experience you can do the postgraduate and i was like sir (gasps) do you know how much of my own money i have just spent Mm. he was just like yeah but when you get a better job you'll get paid for so you might as well do it then and i was just like i think i think we need to see other people i think (laughs) let me just enjoy the fruits of my labor just a little bit before i decide to dive back in." but the company that I'm at now, I am the youngest person on my team, mm-hmm. which is gonna sound weird because like <laughs> all the all the people around me are old men,
2: mm. um,
1: and they're like, um, so my director is mid fifties, my manager is. I think early fifties or late forties. And one of the things that kind of sold me on the role was that, um, you know, like loads of companies are like, we want you to grow, we need to join, mm-hmm. like being part of the team. We can develop you, blah, blah, blah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but for them, it was kind of a, we want to teach you everything that we, we know, know. Because yeah. we're not going, we're not going to another company that like, we're comfortable here. Like mm-hmm. we want to retire here. And they were just like, in six, eight years, this could be you. You could be running up this department. And in my head, I've got commitment issues, so I'm like, eight years. That's a long time. In this time.
0: country, yo. This country, yo. Wild.
1: <laughs> <Absolutely> wild. <laughs> but like, in I kind of in that honesty, I was just like, the fact that you can see me here mm-hmm. in eight years, like you have the confidence in me that you are somebody I want to invest in. Mm. And one of the things that they'd said to me um, when I was preparing, going to my second interview, it came to my mind that it's an accounting firm. I'm not an accountant. And uh, my director had mentioned it. He was just like, we're all accountants. You're the only person that's not an accountant. Mm. Would you consider, Mm. like, we are very interested in you. Would you consider doing, like, a qualification or something? And I was like, funnily enough, when I left university and everything was crap, I considered studying accounting because I was yeah. just like, "Oh, that would be you know something yeah. kind of thing." They was like, "You know, if it's something that you want, we will pay for it." And I was just like, "You don't have to tell do me you? why." And they were like, "You'll be a qualified accountant if that's to stay with us. Absolutely fantastic. If you decide to go elsewhere, then that is also okay." And I was like, "You guys want to pay?" me to become an accountant should I want to jump shit how can I say no to that that sounds like you're setting me up in a way that I can't imagine setting myself up if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, like you are opening other doors for me beyond what I do now so like for example I'd say like trying to work in compliance in like a banking firm yeah there is no way I'd get in the door because the kind of experience that they want is not the kind of experience that I have. But for a company to willingly be like, hey, you might not want to be with us in X amount of years. We hope that you do. But in the meantime, we want to set you up in a way where should you want to go? Should you want to stay? Should you want to go and come back? You can. Unheard of. Absolutely. I mean,
0: that's fantastic. Like I feel so happy that you're in that kind of environment because I mean, that is priceless. It's what everybody kind of wants. And especially um, for us as ethnic minorities in this country, it can be hard to really get those kind of opportunities. And even as you were talking before, I was thinking to myself, how comes or are there not compliance roles that kind of would help pay for people's qualifications and stuff? I don't know kind of how it works in that sector. Um, But I think I've always said, me, I don't like studying. I'm like, I'm done with studying unless someone is paying for it. I understand. I understand. I, I'll consider if someone's paying for it. Me out of my own pocket, no. No. But you know
1: what? I'd say paying for it out of my own pocket gave me a freedom. Right. That
0: yeah. It's true because you like could move anywhere.
1: That. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I'm not tied to you because I have an obligation because you're paying for something. Yeah. Um, um, the company that I worked at before was kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll pay for people to do qualifications. I'm like, you're paying for people to do a certificate, the little 200 pound certificate. <laughs> you need to be costing up grand. Make it worth, make it worthwhile, like people studying rather than mm. offering like the cheapest option. Because on the market, that's that's not going to make much of a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds That sounds ideal, to be honest with you. And judging from where you started from and where you are now, we we like that. (laughs) We like the journey. That's a positive journey. So to kind of round this up, is there anything that you'd like to say to any of the listeners who are in compliance or kind of considering a compliance? What advice would you like to offer them in terms of practically, in terms of the field of compliance, or maybe just in terms of actually uh, the mentality and characteristics that they need to kind of bring to the table if they want to pursue this as a career um, profession?
1: I would say I feel like I've got like four random bits mm-hmm. that like stand out to me the most. The first one is do not put your name to anything you are not comfortable with. Mm. And I say that to say, um, I'm going to use um, the Carillion audit, for example. Um, one of the big four firms audited a company. Um, they did stuff they weren't supposed to do. And what the partners had done was got a junior auditor to make up documents and put their name to it. So when it went to court, um, the partners, obviously, they have a lot more money. Um they were fine paying the fine that they were issued. However, for the junior auditor, um, being banned from practising something that you studied for, having time. to sell mm. the first home that you have just purchased in order to cover the money for the fine, it is not worth it. Mm. And I understand it can be difficult to kind of look at your superiors and say no, but you morals and your ethics need to stand for something you need Mm -hmm. to be able to say that I am not comfortable with this and what the worst that they can do is fire you but think about the bigger picture putting your name to something that you are not comfortable with can have repercussions down the line and with compliance the thing is always you can try and hide it but you will get found out because Mm -hmm. an auditor will pick it up and when they pick it up it's not just losing your job it's getting blacklisted from your profession, it is possible jail time, it is a fine, and the fine isn't a little dega dega, 20 pound, Mm. a thousand pound, it can be up to 150,000, that is a lot of money, it is not worth it, so like the number one thing, don't sign your name to anything you are not comfortable putting your name to, Mm -hmm. and I always say this, like I had arguments with managers where it's kind of a I'm not signing my name to this. Um, You as the manager, if you are comfortable doing Mm
2: that,
1: but absolutely not. They will throw you under the bus, given the first Mm -hmm. opportunity. So I highly advise against that. Um, The second thing is, it is okay to take a step back in order to be pushed forward. So like I know cost of living crisis, money is a lot, but sometimes, or what I have done for myself is, I took the job that was paying a lot less than I was on because I knew that that experience was invaluable to me. And I knew that eventually that experience would come in handy further down the line. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it is less money, but hold it together for a year. Mm -hmm. Get those 12 months. If you can push it, 18 months. If you push it even further, 24. But just take that time out. And just be like, okay, this is what I'm doing it for because this is what I want to achieve. This is what I want my next steps to be. Don't think, sometimes don't think about the money. Think about how far can this role carry me? Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard, but think Mm -hmm. to say it this way, like I've gone from, when I left pensions, I was on 29,000 and Mm -hmm. I took a job on 18,000 because I wanted to change the And from that to what I am on now, that is a massive job. It is Night a massive day. job. Mm. At two different tax brackets mm. since then. Mm. So it's possible, but you have to hold faith in yourself that this is what I want to achieve. This is what I have in mind for myself. Like, Don't think, oh, I just want to be comfortable on this amount because you can be unhappy on that amount. And
2: yeah.
1: if you're not actually benefiting from it, you're going to feel empty after a while and then what are you going to do, you know? Yep, 100% agree. Um, what was the other thing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> tricky managers. Mm. Tricky managers. Speak on it. Tricky managers. Always have things in writing. Always have things in writing. When you say
0: things, writing. be more specific. <laughs>
1: So, for example, um, say you get a job and that interview you had said um, you need to leave early on Thursdays because you have this thing and the person interviewing you who's a manager is like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Mm. get that in writing that mm-hmm. person might leave but when that person leaves whoever's then in charge is like yeah we don't like that you need to do x amount of hours you need to be here for this support this thing that's happening on that day that was never an issue before get yeah. that in writing um be able to keep a little dossier keep a little folder <laughs> of just everything mm. like i'm the person that i i am I am known for I will print something off and then scan it to my personal email address. Um, I will email myself things, I will take pictures of things and email it to myself. <laughs> if I feel something is not right, mm. I'm usually right that something is not right. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my evidence I've got my dossier I'm my papers because... <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready because at the end of the day, HR is not there for you. HR is mm. there for the company. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. protect yourself. Like dot mm-hmm. your eyes cross your T's. Like, everyone will be like, yeah, we're friends, but when they go to HR, they're not your friends anymore. So no. get everything in writing. Compliance, in writing.
0: compliance across the board <laughs>
1: Listen, listen. I have <laughs> folders upon folders. I've got folders on the hard drives. I have got no. <laughs> I've got records upon records. Yeah. Uh. Like, I, As a joke, I've said, if there was a house fire, I just need to take my one little box. That's it. it. It's got everything (laughs) in it. Um, And yeah, I feel like those three things, I think, are the the most important. But have confidence in yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. be confident in yourself. I know, um, what is that word?
0: Oh, what is that word? It skipped my mind. What does it encompass? Um, what are you try to describe with it? Why my ma- my brain is going completely blank.
1: Um, when you feel imposter syndrome,
0: that's oh it. okay. Oh Lord God, yeah no.
1: <laughs> Sometimes imposter syndrome is kicking your bum. True. Yeah, it's you are fighting for your life. Mm. But genuinely, just remember that they saw something in you that's why you are there
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: just remember that like if everything is your work is turning to crap get up from your desk go for a walk come back start over come back with a pair of fresh eyes um well I'd say like that I feel like the toughest thing is imposter syndrome and like I had it a couple of weeks back where I was kind of like but do I know how to do my job? What am mm. I actually doing? And I was like, I've been doing, then my brain was like, you've been doing this for like almost six years. What do you mean? You have your qualification. <laughs> you are not certified. No one could actually tell you you don't know what you're doing. You are certified. you passed. Like you've done really well in like your exams. You've done well. You can do this. Um, And it was kind of like, it was kind of like a moment of being like, you know what? I'm going to, imposter syndrome can have it 20 minutes. Right. After this. I'm gonna get up that's from my it. desk i'm gonna take a walk i'm gonna come back and then like tunnel vision because mm-hmm. i've been doing this i can
0: do this that's why i'm here i think that's an important message because everyone's going to experience imposter systro- <laughs> imposter syndrome in their life and we've spoken about it many times on the podcast and i like what you've said there like give it a time limit say okay you can have me for 20 minutes but then after that i'm reframing my mindset and you can't have your way again like get out now your time is done um so thank you so much for that advice and thank you for joining me today and talking us a little through what your career experience has been like it's been so interesting for me as well i've got no complete no clue whatsoever about compliance you might be the first person i've heard that works in it i didn't even know that it was a profession really so i'm not sure it's really for me but who knows in the future It It might It it might Exactly Life is long So do you know what I mean It is um, is very long Yeah exactly But I mean It's it's great for listeners Who might be interested in that Or who actually Might not have a clue About what they want to do To get a a little piece And understanding Um, of what it's like so anyone who loves attention to detail who loves the rules basically um, potentially this is for you i think someone or anyone who kind of works in project management potentially this is something that you could kind of pivot into because a lot Um, of that is just like making sure everything is done according to the plan the budget and expectations of the client or whoever you're doing it for so now to round up the episode, I wanted to give you an opportunity to shout out yourself. If there's anything extracurricular outside of work that you're doing that you want to draw people's attention to, or just to yourself in general, like you know, this is your opportunity. This is your time to shine. <laughs>
1: um, I'm not like draw attention to myself. I'm like absolutely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in my spare time, I decided to challenge myself last early this year last year mm. um and I decided to take up ice skating lessons oh my god um, I used to skate as a kid well, yeah. I like, roller skate um yeah. and the only thing I needed to do was go really really fast um but I decided I wanted to do something new something challenging um something completely different so mm. I started level one ice skating in March April April mm. Um, I am now level four. I'm learning. Can you do them Um, spins
0: with the leg? And they're just
1: like. They're they're teaching us how to do um, a backward spin. Yeah. And I'm just like, if I drop and bust my face,
0: Um, it was worth it.
1: I mean, was it though? Because the (laughs) NHS is a
2: bit higgy haggard. Oh, girl, that's true. Do private
0: healthcare insurance, please. To see the
1: same NHS nestes it's mm. a scam it's all a scam <laughs> stop it oh god so <laughs> when i have like my first like when i have like my first performance or if i'm able to like because a, a spin is like level they're teaching us level five stuff even though yeah. I'm level um but when i get like confident i'm gonna do a little routine i'll record it for you
0: matter of oh fact i do
1: Comfort. yes
0: do you know what that is so utterly random but so cool because <laughs> even in my mind I've been thinking I want to do roller skating but you're already doing 10,000 things like there's just not enough time in the world I'm getting really frustrated because I'm not being able to do other things I want to do but you've inspired me if you can actually go to lessons for ice skating which is not that common you have to find a blooming ice rink then roller skating yeah. there's loads of classes all sorts of different things all I need to do is buy roller skates to be Honest, and skate and drop and skate and drop one day do, I will skate
2: straight.
0: Do do the exactly. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, love I need that. come on, come on, come on.
1: 2023. Let's go use some
0: roller skates. Yay! Thank you so much for joining me today. Did you want to share your social Thank media me with people? You. Absolutely not. Okay, I hear that still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, listeners, we've come to the end of our CIS Listen segment. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, Janelle. And um, stay tuned because there's going to be more of these. We're going to be speaking to more black women, hearing a lot more about their experiences, their career journeys, and just like giving you the tea on what's been going on so that you can feel inspired, you can feel encouraged. And, um, yeah, maybe you can even um, get some direction in terms of what career path you want to go on or what you want to pivot so uh to round up the episode you can find us as usual on instagram and twitter at bwwpodcastuk on linkedin black women working you can also email us ww no black women working uk at gmail.com and you can find us on our website blackwomenworking.com. so it's time to say goodbye Goodbye. Bye.